Hello everyone and welcome to episode 75 of WrestleCast. We are back and nearly, well we are now three quarters of a century into episodes because we're just that damn good. We have Brinkman with us. What's up y'all? We have Martin here as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, Martin's here. Yep, yep, guys. Yep, Martin's here. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. And uh, I'm here, of course. No Stevie today, so sorry, Lauren. You'll have to tune out for this week. <laughs> one one listen we won't get this week. Yeah. I'll just put on the notes that he will be here so that I get the view before she clicks off kind of thing. Right. False advertisement at its best. Exactly, exactly. So before we start with Stomping Grounds, we had a bit of news today. Stevie told us it, and then he's not here to tell us it. So I think I'm right in saying, from the, what I've read from Martin and Stevie, that Heyman and Bischoff are taking over as like some sort of backstage directors. What uh, Heyman for Raw and uh, Bischoff for SmackDown. They will be creatively in charge sort of thing, but they will still have to feed into Vince as far as I've read. What do you think, Brinkman? From the way that, <clears throat> excuse me, the way that I understand it, it is basically the same concept of Triple H and NXT. Hmm. They're going to have creative control, but they still answer to Vince. Just like NXT is Triple H's baby. If I read it right, SmackDown will be for Bish- is Bischoff's baby. Yeah. Raw is Heyman's baby. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what do you think, Martin? Do you think because you watch the the uh, shows more than us, the Raw, the SmackDown, the NXT, you're about 30 million episodes behind on NXT UK. What are, you, what are your thoughts on this news? I'm actually 30 million and one behind because I haven't seen it today. So. Ah, sweet. <laughs> yeah, but um, I'm really looking forward to it because, if anything, Vince needed to do something with them, the whole company creative-wise. It's the same stuff every single week and it's just so predictable mm-hmm. where at least bringing Bischoff and having him and with some sort of control and power could possibly see some good things happening with it. I'm interested to see Heyman because to me Heyman still very much when you see him in the you know the documentaries and stuff like has his finger on the the pulse of the modern superstar. Bischoff is seems to be a bit of a wild card. Yes he's a creative genius from from back in the day, but could he still do it now is a, a question. I'm still sceptical, Martin, over the, the feeding into Vince part. How is he really going to release that much control? You know, I know he's got the XFL coming up, but... Well, what's he got to lose? Well, true. He can't get any lower than the two million viewers he's got. In the 7,000 people that pretty much turned up to Stomping Ground. Yeah, true. Oh, God, that was awful. I mean... Do, like, Such a shame. It was a good pay per view. Yeah, well, that was. I was talking to uh, a friend of mine called Will, if he's uh, listening. And, uh, hey, Will. Hey, Will. 
we're talking about how, apart from the Saudi show, the last pay-per-views they've done have all been actually solid shows. You can't knock them for anything being brought. Money in the Bank was a, a really good show, just spoilt by the ending. And then the ending actually was great for three weeks, and then they just went, oh, yeah, let's forget about Brock. Doesn't need to be here sort of thing. So it almost like, oh, actually, that was really good. Money in the Bank made sense. This one, again, really solid pay-per-view. Made sense. Didn't need anything further to it. You know, it was, it was solid. I think that's the best way of saying it's solid, isn't it, Brinkman? Excuse me. Yeah, that's how I'd describe it. I mean, there wasn't any match where I was like, all right, I'm ready for this one to be over with. Let's get to the next one. I was genuinely interested in every match, and they – not not the matches going in, but once the matches started, that's when it was like, okay, this is actually pretty damn good. And I felt yeah. that way the entire show. Like there was, mm-hmm. wasn't any matches. Like man, this is getting kind of boring. Mm-hmm. I never had that 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 feeling watching the show. I I had it for one match, but I think it's just because I know what they're going to do with it every time. So it was Roman and Drew. Now Roman and Drew, I remember being so looking forward to it at WrestleMania. I think this is the match I want to see. I want to see Drew sort of elevated to that next level. A week ago, he's just pinned Seth before WrestleMania, who's who's just won the title. This is your time to be like, and Drew's the next guy. And then Roman just beats him two, three times in a row. And you're like, oh, we're just back to just, oh, he looks good because he's in the ring with him, not because he's beat him. But it was also different because Shane was at ringside for this match. So you had that extra element of Shane at ringside interfering. And I mean... Reigns is the new Cena, and no matter what they throw in front of him, he's going to overcome it and win it. So. Well, let's start with the pay-per-view then, because I think we've all said we sort of think we're excited to see Heyman and, and Bischoff and, and see where it goes sort of thing. It's it's a change that we're willing to look at sort of thing, I think. You say? Yeah? Just me? Yeah. All nodding. It, 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 it makes sense, nods. too. Bischoff being with like I was confused at first like why wouldn't Bischoff go to Raw and Heyman run the SmackDown because they were both GMs of like Bischoff was GM of Raw Heyman was GM of SmackDown and then Pat brought up a good point and I completely agree with them putting <laughs> Bischoff on SmackDown Bischoff has more he has more experience and better resume dealing with TV networks than Heyman yeah does. I was gonna say hasn't he worked for a TV network before? I think he might have even done stuff with Fox previously. So he's done obviously WCW with Turner, but he's also had his own little like non wrestling related projects that involve TV. So he knows what the people at Fox would look for, what kind of questions they would ask. And when they ask him, he would know the answer. It just makes more sense. And hmm. I think that's actually good because Bischoff, if he, if he is in control of creative, can come up with some really cool things that a two hour SmackDown would thrive on. Hmm. Compared to your casual fan base that watches Raw. So, we'll start with Stomping Ground. Martin, did you watch the pre-show? No. No. On, on my, I watched it on my phone, on the network. And on my phone, where it has like the pay-per-views and that, it had Stomping Ground. I thought, oh, it mustn't have a um, kickoff show. Get in. For once, it hasn't got a kickoff show. Fantastic. So I thought it was going to make a three-hour pay-per-view as well. So start watching it. I was like, oh, I got about um, two two hours into it, and actually showed me the kickoff show match. And I was like, oh, well, this is kind of spoiled for us. And I was watching on my phone, so you can't fast forward on your phone. So yeah. I had to actually watch the breakdown of the match. And I still to this day need to go back and watch that match because it looked 
really good. The cruiserweight match was amazing, actually. On there, it was really good. I mean, I'm not a big fan of Tony Nice. I do like Tazawa. I think he's always quite good. Uh, Drew Gulak is great, highly underrated. He, when he goes down, Gulak's to NXT, been doing awesome in NXT and NXT. Mm, I was about to say when he was in NXT with Riddle a couple of weeks ago. He's he's a guy who who deserves this, and I hope they they highlight him because even when he first came in and he was kind of doing that no fly zone and sort of being Enzo's like hype man, as it were, when Enzo Amore was employed. Um, he was great. He was one of the best parts of Raw at that time, you know? It's one of those things where I think it's like, they, they tried the 205 thing on Raw. It didn't work. Why don't they just try and bring it back for, without like bringing the commentary and all the colours and that? Just bring the title back once every other week so you can still have the feeling for the 205. And it could get you more embedded to want to watch 205. I mean, me and my friend were saying this, like, bring it back. Don't bring back the colours, the commentators. Just do it. And just have them interact with the Raw superstars. But just be like, if you want to go for the 205 Life title, you have to weigh in. And that yeah. was literally what they did a couple of weeks on 205 with Buddy Murphy every time. They ha actually had him weigh in each time because yeah. they were like, you're overweight, you can't compete tonight so you're not in this match he was like 207 or something and it there's, was... there's plenty of people on raw on smackdown mm -hmm. that are under 205 mm -hmm. yet don't support on 205 and it would be another title for the main brand to sort of go oh every now and again like we can drop ray mysterio into it if he was in there we can drop finn king ricochet you know people yeah. like that if and then move them back out it's not like you're relegated to that division it can just be Right, next week or like in two weeks' time, I'm going to come come face you for your title. And then you could have their segments just be them training, getting yeah. drop it, cutting weight, you know, a bit of a fight camp sort of feel. Yeah. That's just me, though. That's just me. I I agree mean, with you. Did you see it, Brinkman, the pre-show? The pre-show I was not able to watch. I was working. No. At the time the pre-show was going on, I was not able to watch it. I watched everything else, though. Well, I, but I, I did I watch heard, the pre-show. I heard phenomenal things about the cruises. Well, skip to 35 minutes on the kickoff show, and it ends at about uh, 52. So it's well worth a watch. I, I highly recommend it. It was the best match on the pre-show. It was also the only match on the pre-show. So 100% effort, lads. So we started the main show. Uh, we started off... I wanted to say shit. It's not shit because it was actually a good match, but we started off where Undertaker and Goldberg left off. I'll say it like that. Because this match had more botches in it than anything else. Becky Lynch versus Lacey Evans. I don't know if you oh, noticed it. Oh my God, yes. Go on, Martin. Tell, yeah, that's another match that I did not watch. <laughs> okay, go on, Martin. You talk me through the botches then. You watched it. Oh, just Lacey Evans, man. What is she doing? It's just... She did not spend enough time in NXT and it's nothing to do with her tripping over herself and stuff like that. That was brilliant. That just summed it all up at the end of the night where she walked out and tripped over. It was brilliant. It's just All of it was just like... And you could, I think there was a point as well where Becky even got fuming in the ring with her. Yeah, she did. They're still, to this day, having matches against each other for the next pay-per-view. Like, yeah. what? Get rid of her! Did you see it was... Um, what was it? So she went to do... Becky did one of the loudest calls ever. You know, you're going to be a bit more like back elbow. Uh, sort of like that. Becky literally went, back elbow! And it was like, oh, Jesus, all right. Like, I'm guessing you're going to do a back elbow here. She did it in the corner and went to that thing where she jumps on the second rope and then kicks her while she's behind her. Lacey was in the middle of the ring. 
<laughs> ten feet away. <laughs> so Becky went, huh, oh, and then Lacey sort of like sprinted forward, so she had to do it again. And it didn't her. connect properly. Yeah, it didn't connect. So Becky's just there shaking her head going, and then Becky goes, right, get up, get up, and runs over to her, and Lacey rolls out the ring, and it, and you can just see Becky going, for fuck's sake, man, like, <laughs> It's like Lacey totally forgot what she was supposed to be doing. I don't yeah. know if it was the pressure or what, but she shouldn't even be in that position anyway. No. You brought up an interesting point, and I'd be interested to see what Brinkman says, because I don't think he, he talked about it at the time. You sent that uh, Facebook poll through to us that who was better, who was the better wrestler Eva Marie or Lacey Evans. And we yeah. were saying about like how it's hard to tell because Eva Marie, although she wasn't great, and yes, she had that character that was like from Concord, Michigan, all of that sort of jazz. When she was in XT, she wasn't overexposed. And they did everything they could to protect her and make her not like do this. Whereas Lacey Evans is the complete opposite. They're throwing yeah. her out into this main event and going, do something. As much as I love Lacey Evans, I like the fact that they threw her out there because you're either going to sink or you're going to swim. There's that as well. Eva Marie, they 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 didn't overexpose her because she sucked. <laughs> like y'all can shit on Lacey Evans all you want. She has a better character, a better gimmick, and she's a better wrestler than Eva Marie will ever dream about being. I I disagree. She had a bad match against Becky. I didn't get to see it, but I, I heard it. I heard about it. But she, she's she's better than Eva Marie. Eva I, Marie would have shit the bed so bad. I still live for that episode of NXT where it was Bailey versus Eva Marie for the title. And it was at full sale. And they were literally even acting like we're doing everything we can to screw Becky. They changed the referee. They did everything. It looked like they're just doing it for like screw. The crowd was just going, no, no, <laughs> none of this. And then, like, she had, like, there was, like, four near falls where you're like, oh, my God, Eva's going to win. And the crowd <laughs> hated it and ate it up completely. It was it was amazing. And she was the only person to... She's the first person to beat Asuka at a match. True. Because Battle Royales count. You lost. You didn't win it. You lost. <laughs> you're one of 30 other losers in it. You lost. <laughs> Straight after that, you've changed single. WWE logic. Never been pinned. Yeah, I know. They're like, no one's ever pinned or submitted. It's like, did you know Cena was the first person to pin Rusev? Then four months later, Cesaro did it. <laughs> it was like, right. Okay. Well, this is... Because we short-term memory, or at least they, they want and they to were like, oh my God. short-term memory. They're like, Cesaro has pinned Rusev. And it's like, yeah, he's only been pinned because the last four months he's been doing every match. But what the fuck's a flag match? What's a Russian bull chain match? You know, like, <laughs> stop taking the piss. That's what I thought anyway. So, yeah, Becky uh, retained over Lacey Evan via submission. A uh, bit of a botchy match, but it was all right. Uh, then we had what I thought I'm calling match of the night with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn defeating The New Day. My God, that match was good. Super kick parte at the start, though, Brinkman. That is the, the Brink match of the night. Great <laughs> match. I love the way it started because it was something out of out of the ordinary. It was something different than what everybody's used to. Um, it showed Owens and Zayn not really wanting to wrestle a full match. They were trying to get the victory early because they're heels and that's kind of their character. They mm -hmm. try to avoid the big fights. Yeah. And then they persevered, overcame New Day, and got the W anyway. That was a solid match. It was my favorite match of the night. Mm. I do like the way then on Raw they immediately killed any traction they had by having Kofi beat both of them one after the other. 
<laughs> Kofi is just like <laughs> Kofi's out as well, out of nowhere. Kofi can't be pinned, man. Kofi kick out. To be honest, they're doing quite well with Kofi that it's not a case of he kicks out of everything. He doesn't get in that position. They never hit their finisher on him, which is quite a clever thing. Like, um, I know it's not quite the same, but like the um, one-winged angel on Okada. He never actually hit it. And then when he finally did hit it, done. That sort of thing. It's Well, I'll... There's been one person to actually legitimately kick out of the one-winged angel, and it was not Okada. It was Ibushi. Mm, I was going to say um, Jericho. Um, he actually did hit Okada with the one-winged angel. I think it was in their first match at Wrestle Kingdom. Okada did not kick out. He got his foot on the rope. Yeah, he rolled up. But I still, to me, the best foot on the rope spot, you might not remember, but it was amazing, and I would highly recommend you go back and watch. Do you remember when Rollins was WWE champion and he faced Neville on a random Raw for the championship? Right. I'll have to send it I to remember you. it. I don't remember the match. Like, I don't remember the, the details of the match. Yeah. So, like, it was building up and building up, and then all of a sudden, Neville did, like, a jackknife cover, and the ref counted a three, but, like, they jumped up at the same time. So all the crowd were going, like, oh, my God, it's a three, it's a three. Like, they actually went like, you've messed up. That was an actual three. Oh, my God. Then Neville hit the red arrow. And they were like, oh, my God, he's going to do it. Hit it. And as he rolled up Rollins in the corner, because he was excited, he rolled him up and he put his foot over the top of him and it was touching the rope on the other side of him. So the ref's gone, one, two. And the crowd all, like, popped, obviously. And then the ref just went, foot. And you're just like, oh, no. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, oh, it's amazing. I still love that match. And I miss Neville, just saying. But back to New Day. Hey, Cruz. Um, back to New Day and Kevin Owens. Yeah, it was It was just what they needed as well to show that these best friends can actually be a team. And I think it's the first time they've ever actually teamed together and looked like a best friends unit that knew each other inside and out. Because most of the time, for some reason, when they've teamed, they look like they're not on the same page as each other. I'm just not. I'm just not looking forward to Owens turning on Sammy again, kind of scenario because it's what he does. Whenever he has a friend, he always turns on them. Um, he's done it to Sammy how many times? A thousand times now. I know, I'd so, rather see the other way. Yeah, and and honestly, from seeing them on the indies, they work better as a face team. Mm. I honestly, thought like this is a time to get them as a proper tag team but I suppose that's where they're probably going with New Day will probably dethrone Brian and Rowan at some point and then Owens and Zayn will go after them in my my theories back here if if Owens and Zayn were faced they'd be perfect to take the belts off of DB and, and, and Rowan yeah exactly beef well one of them I was about to say vegan is it a Sami Zayn vegan or is he just a bit of a hipster He's just a, he's just a, he's, yeah, hipster's a good word. Yeah, I'll go with that one. So, yeah, uh, a good word. we had, so Owens, Owens, Zayn obviously defeated them. Then we had uh, Ricochet versus Samoa Joe in a very, very good match, I thought, actually, on there. I thought Ricochet looked amazing in this match, as, as always. Like, even, like, all the people who went, oh, he just flips a bit and it would never work with someone who can't do that on there. This is another example of this man can do anything. When he put them put into it, you know, whether it be a match with Osprey where they're both doing stuff like that, he's already done war games with people, you know, bigger than him, and, stuff, and now he's doing 
matches where he's the smaller guy in it? Mine. My logic is that Samojo lost the title. How the hell has he just jumped straight to the WWE Championship just because he choked out Kofi? Yeah, there is that. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's very like opportunistic for Joe to just be like, well, one's gone. And, and it's because they don't get rematches now, of course, with the, the loss of the title. So if I were him, you would, wouldn't you? You'd be like, well, fuck you. I can have you. At this point, it's like when Brian first won the title in WWE. There should have been this moment on SmackDown where everyone went, well, it's open season. Everyone can beat Daniel Bryan because it was before he became Daniel Bryan that he is now. There should be this theory in amongst all the heels that, oh, fucking hell, it's only Kofi. Like, everyone's beaten him for the last 10, 11 years. What, what I like about it is that now Kofi has a challenger who's like a legit threat to beat him. And everybody in the world, including Saudi freaking Arabia, knew that Ziggler wasn't beating Kofi. Yeah. Yes. Ever. Now Kofi has a legitimate threat to where people can look at it as like, Joe's, Joe's going to kill him. Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's an actual like a legit um, obstacle and challenge for Kofi now, and it's something like Ziggler, different, someone bigger than him. Him and Ziggler are on about the same level when it comes to size, when it comes to experience, when it comes to athletic ability, when it comes to wrestling. They're all about the same. Joe changes all that. Exactly. It's like the time when, well, you imagine Kofi and Brock. You were just like, well. I'd be genuinely interested to see what would win your sort of want to be like, oh, Kofi's a top guy, or the fact that Brock Lesnar's bigger than him and you're going with size over, like, you know, speed and agility and skill sort of thing. Um, Solid match. Ricochet won with his 630, I believe it's called. Yes. Um, First time US champion. I was a bit like, as much as I like it, because I think Ricochet deserves it, there was a bit of me that just went, will you stop killing Joe? Just stop doing it. Like, if it sets him up with a good feud with Kofi, I'm all for it. Yeah, but it'll be a good feud that he'll lose. Yeah. He loses every feud he's been in so far. If, maybe, if maybe, maybe Joe's the guy to beat him. Maybe. But, I if mean, anyone gets the titles off Kofi, it's going to be either Big E or Xavier. No, it'll be Roman. <laughs> it won't be. It'll be Roman. I bet you it won't be. I bet it'll be Big E or Xavier because they'll have a feud amongst them somewhere. Yeah. I still don't think they'll do that. New Day make too much money. Like the Shields have had New ran their course and they realise we can market them separately. New Day are a Just money been announced today that Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns make the most money out of merchandise and stuff. Shock horror. Yeah, so That's what New I mean. Day's they're better separate. Like the, the Shields were better separated when they'd established their characters. We were talking the other day about New Day and it was like, I can see them pushing Big E. Kofi now because it's too late not to. And then you were like, I get this feeling now that with Xavier, they wouldn't do anything. And it's kind of like, which is a travesty because he's just as good as, as uh, Kofi and, uh, and just as good as Big E. But you just get this feeling they turn around and go, oh, we don't have anything for you. Two or five. Two. The, I, with Kofi winning the title, it proves something that I said months ago before Kofi won the title. For one of them to win a major title, they don't have to be broken up. No. They can still be a team. They can still be partners. They can still be a, a faction. They don't have to be like, I'm going for the title, boys. I'll catch you guys on the road. No, it doesn't have to work that way. Now, I will say, for the people listening, in case you're wondering what that shriek is in the background that has just stopped now that I've started mentioning it there, I think it's a bird outside with Brinkman going, 
<laughs> you're right. Yeah, you're right. There That's it is. Yeah. There's a few of them. <laughs> yeah. Well, they need to fuck off. It's Brinkman doing sit-ups. Yeah. What's his stomach breathing out going? <laughs> <laughs> I'll go back inside. Damn it. Yeah. Don't get. Well, how hot's it there, by the way? He's not even listening. So. Right, up next we had uh, Daniel Bryan and Eric Rowan defeating Heavy Machinery. I actually thought this match was a bit more enjoyable than I thought it was going to be. You know, I just... The crowd didn't. The crowd didn't? Yeah, they did. They loved Bryan. So, uh, Smackdown they did. But in this match they didn't. Are you sure? I was watching yeah, it. The, I'm crowd, sure they... the crowd chanted this is boring. Are you sure? It's very much yeah. like they loved it. On, so, when on Daniel Tuesday, on yeah. Tuesday, the crowd was going wild because they were in they were about fifteen minutes away from um, Brian's form. So sure yeah, they were in Brian's form. But they they should. I'm sure they were acting like they loved the match on Sunday. Sure they were. Brinkman, be the be the third option. What were the crowd like for Brian's match on Sunday? I, I thought they were good. I did as well. I thought they were like quite hype for. I thought he was getting a lot of yes, yes, and then like the Rowan tag as well at the beginning, where like Brian went, "All right, I'll go in first if you want me to." And then yeah, because they were because even when Otis started going to do his worm or his caterpillar and started hyping up, the crowd were going boo because they clearly wanted Brian to to win. It was like oh. I thought that's what I thought. I mean, if you heard the other, then you know you're deaf and you need to get your hearing changed, checked. Um. I mean, solid match again. What did you actually think of the match, not the crowd then, Martin? Anything with Daniel Bryan is good. Simple. That's very true. I actually thought this was the one time where WWE got it right in terms of a babyface team lost, even though the crowd wanted the heels to win, but they, they benefited the babyface team in defeat. Um, a bit like when the only one I can think of is like Oni Larkin and Danny Burch losing to Undisputed Era in NXT. On a takeover, crowd obviously love Undisputed Era, but it benefited the other two so much that whole match and and losing to them sort of thing. Well, Heavy Machinery had always been booked since I got to the main r- roster as like a lower mid court comedy act because they're so, shit. Well, are they still shit? Because that match was pretty damn yeah, good. I, I actually and, this is the first time I probably watched them and they were good. It, it it showed that they're not just a comedy act. They can get in the ring, and for some big dudes, they can go. I prefer Otis. And, and had that match been anywhere else but Washington, Heavy Machinery would have been over huge. Yeah. In fact, they're in Daniel Bryan's home state. I think hurt them a little bit, but not a lot, because they still show to the WWE Universe and everybody watching, hey, yeah, we can do comedy. Hey, we're big dudes. We can go. Yeah. So what was next on there? We had Bailey versus uh, Alexa Bliss. Bailey winning via some weird distraction by Nikki Cross, where she randomly got in the ring for no real reason. It wasn't like Bailey had done anything or said anything, and then she just got in, distracted her, and and sort of. It was a solid match with a predictable ending. I think mm. everybody knew Nikki Cross was getting involved. She didn't randomly get in the ring. Bailey did a suicide dive and hit her on the outside. Aye, but then it felt like it was a long time before she got back in to take that sort of bit. Well, she was selling the dive. Selling the dive. The bit, my favourite part of the match, and I actually went, this is the best kind of Bailey. As soon as the bell went and Nikki Cross came in, Bailey ran over to Nikki Cross and like got on her face and was shouting something at her. And I was like, oh good, this isn't the same Bailey. It's like, I won, yay, let's have a hug. She was like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, 
you, you know, stay out of my match, bitch. And it sort of like, like feeds into that little bit of like, she's like, I'm, I'm the champion. You don't mess with me. It looked good on Bailey's part, but it, to me, it didn't look good on Nikki's part. Just for mm. the fact that after the match, Bailey got in her face, and Nikki, instead of getting in her face, just kind of like back down. She was looking after Alexa, man. Behave. Uh, and then made her look weak. Then on well, two days later, she fucking beat her. <laughs> yeah, well, WWE booking, fifty-fifty booking. Yeah. So we have them up next. I mean, what did you think of that one, Martin? The the ending. Mm, didn't really make sense to me, like you. Yeah, I thought Alexa should have won because Bailey's shit. But anyway, if even if Alexa had just fell from that, like she was on the top of the rope, wasn't she? And Bailey was on the ground, and she went, and mm. uh, Nikki went to pull Bailey. I was like, "What are you doing?" Just hit her anyway. It would have made more sense if she'd have hit the move, and Nikki would have distracted the ref by getting in and then not done the three count. Yeah, like that would have been like a you fucking idiot. I had her pinned and you distracted her because you wanted to get in there. You did not see I was up on the rope instead of just, hey, what are you doing there? Nothing. I'm not doing anything there. I'm conveniently waiting enough time for this person to move. So you're so you're saying if they had gone that route, you'd have been okay with it even though yeah. that's something that they always do and they probably yeah. did something different and, and, yeah. and that's what not I'm the norm and y'all are shitting on it. That's what I'm saying. I need more predictability. <laughs> I, can't win, in, bro. I need more predictability in my WWE programming. <laughs> that's what I need I need more Lesnar not being there with the title and more predictability I think if I if I had that I'd start watching again unless of Shane McMahon opening up on Raw yeah exactly or opening up with an authority promo for 20 minutes oh those were the yeah. days um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> we then had the uh, predictable match of the night with Roman beating Drew McIntyre again Um it was all right. I d- I'll be honest, I didn't pay massive attention to it. I was looking at my phone because I was pretty confident Roman was going to win. And I didn't really want to see Drew get beat again for no reason. Why can't they beat Shane? If he'd have just beat Shane, it'd have been fine. And Drew could have still Shane's the me. best in the world. Yeah, I know. but And then now the fucking Undertaker's back. Like, it just reeks of desperation. Just saying. I have no comment on it. But then, is this is this to bring the Undertaker back? It fucking better not be. I'm sick of this shit. To make him look, to make him look that he isn't that bad compared to what he won against Goldberg, and to put Goldberg down as. I'd rather Goldberg came back. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. I mean, that has to be Taker being like, look, Vince, I know I said I'd do the Saudi show, the match was shit. I need to redeem myself. Yeah, yeah. No, fucker, you're fifty. Go away. Yeah, exactly. It's like stop doing this to yourself. Please, you would, you would just rest fault. in peace. Yes, yes, exactly. Please go get some rest in peace uh, with your family as well. That's nice. Just, I'm just <laughs> fed up of it. Roman could probably beat Shane and Drew on his own anyway. Just double spear, you know. Why to, not? to this day, I will not still understand until he does an interview about it. Why the fuck did he put his jacket and his hat in the middle of that ring to make it look like he'd retired and he's still fucking going? 50 years later. I think it was like three and a, uh, two and a half <laughs> years later. But yeah, 50 years later. Like yes, I agree. Uh, there is very much like, so with Vince going like, you're going to retire. And then next year, you're going <laughs> to, well, it's like, what are you on about? Like, in fairness, even if they'd have left it after the Cena match where he just came out and just beat him in two minutes and just like, well, that's it. I'm done. I'm still done. That was my like one after. You'd be like, okay, fine. You got away with it. And then you're just like, stop wheeling him out. Stop yeah. it. He's dead. Leave it. Leave it, Vince. I just don't like it. 
I'm hoping Shane beats Undertaker just because it's more bullshit. I just don't care. It better be so that Drew can beat The Undertaker. That's all I'm saying. That's the only redeemable way out <laughs> of this match is if Drew beats The Undertaker. Which will not fucking happen because he'll probably beat him with a choke slam or a Hell's Gate or something that's not even a real finisher and it'll look half arsed <laughs> and just be like, yeah, I've just beat Drew McIntyre. And Shane will be on the outside going, like, oh my God, I'm still the best in the world. We're gonna have Shane's going to pin Roman and The Undertaker at the same time. On top of each other? No, because even if... Sh- that's when the, you know the universe will end. It's like an, an, an immovable object and a rock and a hard... I don't know what... The, the metaphor, you know what I mean. Rock and a hard place. Shane, the best in the world, pinning Roman Reigns, who kick out masters, the universe will just explode because that can't happen. Because Shane... No, no one can kick out against Shane and Roman can kick out of everything. So... That, that's the universe and that's why they haven't done it I'm just saying <laughs> what is it called on AMP where Mike, Mike just rants um, Mikey goes mental yeah that was Conrad goes crazy trademark <laughs> 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 yeah. so anyway let's move on from that match because uh, it was shit uh, then I agree with what Brinkman was saying the other day the most creative way I've ever seen them end a steel cage match, and it was brilliant. They were sort of neck and neck with each other. They were 50-50 booking within one match. And then Kofi was just like, no, man, out he goes. Just dives over Ziggler, going out the door. I can't believe that all four of us played it safe, and we all predicted that he'd pin. <laughs> yeah, that's. I think that's more our faith. Our in faith a cage in, match. <laughs> our faith in Ziggler. That's more our faith in that one. <laughs> that's nothing to do with Kofi. That was just, yeah, Dolph, you ain't winning this, motherfucker. <laughs> and you see, and, it, and it, that never dawned on me that as athletic as Kofi is, and all the cool athletic shit that he's done in the Rumble and in the Chamber and all these ladder matches, like the only athletic thing I could think of for a steel cage would be you know him doing something off the top of the cage or something like that. I mm. never in my wildest dreams were like Kofi wins by diving through the ropes, through the door to the floor. <laughs> Kofi wins by missing a suicide dive. Exactly. <laughs> what a, what a brilliant move that. Yeah, it was great. Like, that I was just, brilliant. I was waiting for it, just like because you were like, it's the most great. And I was like, oh, is he gonna like? I don't know. Swing. Is he gonna like get up on the top and do like a hold on to the rope and then swing round it to kick Ziggler back into it and then climb down because that'd be pretty cool. Or is it gonna be? And I was like, oh, he just <laughs> he just jumped out the door. Right. Okay. Not just like, leapt out like full on face planted <laughs> the mat on his way out. <laughs> They were building up the spot so well, too. Like, Ziggler tried to escape, and Kofi pulled him back in. Kofi tried to escape, Ziggler pulled him back in, and then Ziggler was back at the door. So, it's like, how is, okay, Kofi's just going to run, pull Ziggler back in, they'll have a fight, and the match is going to end somehow right there. And then Kofi's like, nope, fuck y'all. <laughs> Dives through the ropes. Yeah. It was brilliant. And, like, literally jaw dropped. It, it felt like, because I remember when me and my mate were talking about Steel Cages once, saying that, if you were in a steel cage match, the first thing you would do is just hoof that fucker in the dick, turn around and go, open the fucking door! (laughs) (laughs) I win! (laughs) Yay! Like, and we were like, it never happened. And then there was one time, I think it was Christian versus Orton in like his one more match run, where he hoofed him like in the midriff. He didn't hoof him in the dick and just turned around and went, open the door! And I was like, oh, they did it! Oh, it's how he caught him. (laughs) You know My wife, when she sits next to me sometimes when I've got the wrestling line, she'll sit there 
And she'd be like, why are they doing that? Why are they doing that? Why are they bouncing off the ropes? Why don't they just stop when they get to the ropes? And stuff like that. I said, and I said, They're well, elasticated, Sarah. You don't understand the metaphor of how this wrestling stuff works. Just, well, it's just all stupid. It's all fake. And I'm like, it's not fake. What? It's real it's life, this. I, I remember <laughs> when the first ever time I watched a wrestling pay-per-view, um, I think it was Cody Rhodes versus Mysterio was on. And I, it was like the one where they were fighting all around the arena. And Cody Rhodes was just walking off going, oh, oh, I walk off. He won't get me. And Ray would run a pit in the back and I went, what the fuck are you doing, man? He's behind you. <laughs> and then like they were going, yeah, you don't have to believe that bit. Like you just have to suspend your disbelief that like <laughs> yeah. he is gonna come and get him, sort of thing. And I was like, yeah, but and then I got hooked. Still, even though there was like that, but I was like, man, just turn around, just look at him. <laughs> but yeah, I'm just saying. So Kofi Kingston, well, yeah. well done, well done. And also to end the match exactly on twenty sec- uh, twenty minutes, fucking amazing. Not twenty minutes, one second, or nineteen ninety nine. Twenty minutes, boop, <laughs> out. Amazing stuff. That's if they had a twenty minutes for that match, he deserves a raise. I'm just saying. <laughs> he timed that to the fucking second. Well, I mean, that's why he's the champion. Exactly. <laughs> Whereas, look at Roman. He was given seventeen minutes, and it took him seventeen minutes and twenty seconds. The fucking inconsiderate bastard. Blacker. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was probably Shane dancing around a bit more than he should have been. <laughs> just like for fuck's sake, man. <laughs> Uh, then we had the main event match of Seth Rollins versus Baron Corbin. Did you all hear the uh, reason that Baron Corbin's been getting such a push? I think I sent it to the group. Because <laughs> it's That Vince thinks women should be swooning over him. Because <laughs> it's <laughs> Oh, man. I mean, I love Big Baza Corbs, but, like, no. That's not... Right. <laughs> Me and Cruz have or gimmick of the New Japan guys and saying, what a hunk. There's just a, a dude that is just, he's, he looks, he's a handsome dude. Yeah. We would not say that for Baron Corbin. No. Not at all. Not in the slightest. No. I've never looked at Big Bazaar Corbs and be like, what a hunk. <laughs> no. Nope. Never no. has happened. No. He's a man who they told to put a shirt back on to cover his stomach up. <laughs> it's just, um, the match itself, it felt, and I'm not going to say it here, it felt loosely Attitude era esque, not in terms of the match or the abuse, in terms of the fucking everything's happening. Do you know what I mean? Like, like Lacey Evans is ref, then someone comes out and tacks her, and then this, and then that sort of thing. It felt a bit like that, you know. Well, they were selling the whole pit view as like an in your house show, weren't they? Yeah, all over the media and that, but it, were they selling it that way because of there was a low crowd intake? Possibly. It's the and new Macho Man and Miss Elizabeth. Except yeah. shit. That's the, I said to Will when we were watching it, I went, Becky looks really awkward with this when they were out. And I don't think it's because... Of, obviously, she doesn't love Seth or whatever. It's because she's like, how does an anti-hero gimmick who doesn't give a fuck pull off the fact that she's hugging her fella? Yeah. Like, it's, it's sort of weird. Position. So then at the end, where she sort of redeemed it, where she went, she held the ropes open for him. And she walked out in front of him. It was that sort of thing. Like, not arm and arm. She was like, yeah, that's right. Like on, on Raw, when she was saying that, like, she's the man's man. <laughs> that's quite good, actually. That's a t-shirt right there. And have you seen her Twitter profile oh. picture now? Yeah, I did, actually. <laughs> Before we carry on, I just asked Alison what she thought of Big Bazaar Corbs. And she said, this is, quote, he's ugly as fuck. Oh, <laughs> ugly as fucking shit. 
There you go. Fucking shit. I mean, <laughs> well, Vince fancies him. Look at all. Right? Look at all this beef. As he's all those women should swoon over him. Go <laughs> so good shit. I'm still That's saying good shit. The. <laughs> the <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> um, I'm still saying that's still funny. That um, that it annoys me that Baron Corbin still thinks he's a great wrestler who can wrestle in sort of smart trousers and a shirt. <laughs> he really needs to change that shit. And it's like he's not the DM anymore. I'm sitting there going, like, no, like you don't see in the Olympics someone going right. I've got professional like Greco-Roman wrestling today. I've I'm turned up in a three-piece suit. And that fucker won't know what's hit him. <laughs> like, right. You wear something that is... I know they have the different styles, but you wear something that is for wrestling. Cena liked his jorts. Roman has his vest because he's a bitch. Uh, Seth has his trousers. Dean was uh, jeans because it was meant to be a bit like street fight, like bar fight kind of thing. Uh, fuckers had other shit as well. Miz has pants because he's mint. You know, he just does what he likes. Shane wears what the fuck's he want because he's the best in the world. Right? But Baron Corbin wears a suit. Business casual. I think he's still stuck in limbo because I think he still thinks he's the GM or the acting GM. I know, but what you know when they, people boo because he beat Kurt Angle, right? I'm not bothered he beat Kurt Angle in his last ever match. I'm bothered he beat Kurt Angle in his last ever match while wearing a suit. <laughs> Kurt Angle was in his full gear and everything like that. Baron Corbin's in a very restrictive looking tight suit and still won. But I mean, I, I understand. Like, now that I'm thinking about it, we've seen him in actual wrestling gear. He's got some ugly tattoos. The women are not going to swoon over his ugly tattoos, but they'll swoon over business casual. Yeah. Maybe they're thinking he'll be the next... <laughs> it's a PG show as well, so I'm guessing maybe some new tattoos that he couldn't have. The next they're going to say something like, oh, Baron Corbin's like their version of Conor McGregor or something, aren't they? The business casual sort of thing, yeah. Anyway, Seth won uh, after Lacey Evans was the referee. She tripped over on the way out because she shit. Uh, she slapped Seth a couple times. Becky came out to no music. Why? Just that would have been a cheap pop. Why not? Game out. I don't even think she probably planned to come out because the crowd were chanting for her from like the minute get go. Oh and no! I, as soon as Lacey, as soon as I saw it was Lacey, I was like, Becky's coming out. Absolutely. I don't think she knew that because you know, like the fact that she came running out like near the end is like, come on, seriously? Nah, she could have came out like, halfway through. There's nothing that happens in that show without them realizing, like, and knowing sort of thing. Yeah. They didn't just suddenly go, oh fuck, fuck, put the key in there. She'd have known. She'd have been there from because like, she'd have been. The only thing I could think you, you, what you're meaning is she'd have been in Gorilla watching Seth, and they went. Actually, Becky, do you want to go out there? Yeah. Like that kind of thing. It's, I could it's probably like Vince say. and all of them going, no, God damn it, you can't leave me yet. You've got to stay here. Stay here. Stay here. Right, okay, cool. Yeah. I mean, she she put a, a thing on Twitter after the show, which makes all the sense in the world. And I don't remember what it was word for word, but basically it was like, you can slap him around, you can abuse your power as a ref. You nutshot him, that's what I get involved. And that makes sense. Becky was letting her man do his thing until Lacey crossed that line. And once she crossed the line, that's when she got Once she touched that her man's sense. junk, she was like, no, uh, uh, that's my exactly. junk. <laughs> that's the man's junk right there. <laughs> so, Seth, so, one, there was, there was no, uh, <laughs> there was no Brock. I'm just going to do that now randomly just to make you, just to pop you. Yeah. No Brock, because he doesn't watch shows, even though Heyman was teasing it on there and it was like quite a good idea. Get off. 
Sorry, the cat's eating some dead flowers, you weirdo. So, overall, <laughs> thought it was a pretty good show. Um, Extreme Rules is obviously the 14th, I think, on there. I said we won't be we won't be doing a podcast for uh, Fight for the Fallen for AEW or Extreme Rules because I will be in the United States of America. You'll be going to Fight for the Fallen live? Yes. You'll be attending the show? Where is it at? No, it's Jacksonville. Since, since, oh, yeah. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> so. Isn't it sold out? Well, StubHub or something. You'll, you can find a ticket. I guarantee you there'll be some people outside. Hey, tickets, tickets. How far is Jacksonville? <laughs> right. So uh, while I Google that and uh, prices, uh, Brinkman, what's happening with the G1 build-up? The G1 starts July 5th in Dallas. Then they got some days off so they can travel back to Japan. And then they're full swing ahead, full G1 tournament. It's going to be fantastic. This is the most star-studded um, G1 they've ever had. A lot of the G1s, they have some of the older um, veteran wrestlers in it. They take losses a lot of times. They don't have that this tournament. Every show, every match is must-watch because there's no match where you're looking at it like, oh, yeah, he's going to pin Yuji Nagata. They don't have that. You're getting star-studded main events, star-studded shows this entire tournament, which is going to take over a little over a month. It's going to end, I think, the middle of August. So if you're unfamiliar with New Japan and want to get involved and understand what New Japan's all about, I highly suggest watching this G1 tournament. Very good. Who who have we got in it so far? I know we've got. Is it Moxley? We've got. I'm I'm pulling it up now. There's 20 guys. It's two blocks of 10. They do round robin um tournament, so everybody in in one block is going to face each other, and whoever has the most points will win their block. The winners of both blocks will then face off one on one. Winner wins the G1, gets an automatic title match at Wrestle Kingdom. It's like their Royal Rumble, but different, isn't it? Their Royal Rumble reward sort of thing, isn't it? Yes, yes. They've been doing that for a few years now, and the only person to win the G1 and then successfully win at Wrestle Kingdom was Tanahashi last year. He beat Jay White. He beat... Oh, he beat he, Omega. Uh, no, he beat Omega. He beat Omega. And then he, he lost Omega. to Jay White. That was White. Omega's last match. And, yes. then he, and lost to Jay White on the next show they did, didn't he? I believe that's how it goes. Don't watch New Japan, but you know. That yes, does sound yes. pretty good. I will be keeping my eye out for it. Another thing we will be keeping our eye out on, if you keep up to date with us there, you will see from Stomping Ground that I believe Brinkman successfully retained his title over Martin in the PWS scorecards. Is that right? Brinkman did retained. I retain him or, or did, did you I win? Him you won. won. You won it. Sorry. He won it off Martin because. You know, Martin, Sasha Banks and all that. Um, he hasn't quite left yet, like Sasha Banks, so fingers crossed, you know. Um, yeah, but I heard after he lost, he threw a fit on his, his uh, living room floor. So, and he's also got a lot of photo shoots lined up in for some swimwear as well, I hear. So, you know, he's, he's basically just copying Sasha Banks there. So, uh, Brinkman beat Martin to win the title for, like, what feels like the third, fourth time, I want to say. Um, I've won it a lot. Won it a lot. I'm, I'm good. And I absolutely smashed fuck out of Stevie in the number one contenders match. And I was quite looking forward to 
my title opportunity extreme rules but we're gonna do fight fighter fest is it called this weekend fighter fest before we do that i have all the uh g1 participants oh go on that's the g1 participants there come on martin all what right. do you think of this martin i want to hear your picks on this this is like i said it's store studded in the a block you have kenta who, 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 WWE fans will know it's Hideo Itami. You have Lance Archer, Zack Sabre Jr., Bad Luck Fale, Evil, Sonata, Will Ospreay, Okada Kazuchika, Kota Ibushi, and Hiroshi Tanahashi. That's just the A block. That sounds pretty good. Like, I'm not really, Is that oh, oh, Osprey now in the heavyweight section? He, he's still technically a junior, but. He's the first person to wrestle in the G1, the best of Super Juniors, and New Japan Cup in the same year. If I'm not mistaken, there's only two other people who have wrestled at all of them, that being Kenny Omega and uh, Prince Devitt, who y'all might know as Finn Balor. Um, <laughs> B-Block, B you have Tai Chi, Jay White, Shingo Takagi, uh, Tetsuya Naito. John Moxley, Jeff Cobb, Hiroyuki Goto, Toro Yanu, uh, Tomohiro Ishii, and Juice Robinson. Mm. Who is PJ? CJ Parker. CJ Parker from NXT. These, what, what that basically means is that in A block, you're getting Tanahashi versus Ibushi, Tanahashi versus Okada, Tanahashi versus Osprey, Osprey versus Okada, Ibushi versus Okada. You're getting Ushi Naito Osprey versus again. You're getting Naito versus John Moxley. Let that sink in for a second. I'm just saying they, Osprey versus Okada as well, because the last time they faced each other was when New Japan do that heavyweight title versus the juniors title. It was it was a non title match that Okada won. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't an easy victory. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Of course he bloody won. Has a junior ever beaten the heavyweight? Um, yes. Oh, Takagi, was... at the last show, Shingo Takagi, who's a junior weight, beat uh, Kojima clean in about 10 minutes. Ooh. Will you be watching Shingo Takagi is another guy to watch out for because he's only been pinned once, and that was to Osprey at the uh, finals of Best of Super Juniors. Takagi is another guy to look at in this tournament and, like, who's going to beat him and then be impressed when he beats some of these heavyweights, including... His stablemate and leader, uh, Tetsuya Naito. That's going to be an interesting, interesting matchup. It does sound quite good, actually, doesn't it, Martin? But New Japan I, is shit. I don't have a clue what the fuck you've been saying for the last 10 minutes. <laughs> no. Never, I didn't <laughs> think you would. I, I didn't say Lesnar, so Morton just tuned out. Yeah. <laughs> so, as we were saying, fight, <laughs> we had Fighter Fest, Fighter Fest this weekend. We will be doing these scorecards for it. Martin has gracefully printed them off for us on there, so we will be putting those up on our Twitter so you can see them. Uh, they did some good numbers last time when I was looking at it there, Martin. Just saying, just saying. Probably because huh? PWS were in it, we did some good numbers, actually. So Yeah, yeah exactly. So we have people like uh, Michael Nakazawa versus uh, Alex Jibaley, is that you say it? Jabaley, yep. Cody versus uh, Darby. I want to say all in, but is it Allen? It's Allen. Allen. Elite. Uh, Kenny, Matt, and Nick versus the Lucha Bros and Laredo Kid. We have John Moxley versus Joey Janela. 
Adam Page versus uh, Jimmy Havoc, Jungle Boy, and MJF. I do want to say it's really hard to say a wrestler and when you say Adam to not go Cole. So Adam Page <laughs> uh, is the uh, Christopher Daniels versus I want to say Sima. Shima. Shima. Sh. Sh. Shima. You have Yuka Sakazaki versus Rio versus Nyla Rose. All right. Very nice. Sounds good. You have on the pre-show, we have the best friends, Chuck Taylor and Trent Beretta versus uh, SoCal Uncensored SCU no. <laughs> versus Private Partey. Never heard of them. Uh, and then you have Kylie Ray, Fit versus Lever Bates. See, that's not even on the scorecard. Oh, well, it's on the thing so far anyway. I think it only just... Lever Bates with Peter so, Avalon. What are you saying? You might remember. You might remember Levi Bates. She was in NXT for a while. She went under the the name of Blue Pants. Ooh. Da 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 da. Da da da. That's her. Yeah. We all like a bit of Blue Pants until she was like, "I need more money to do this shit," and they were like, "You literally do nothing. <laughs> you don't do fuck off." <laughs> Hey, I watched this is this is kind of unrelated but related at the same time. I watched the list. I think it might have been from What Culture. They did like the ten ugliest uh, wrestling T-shirts. Blue Pants's T-shirt was on the list. It was literally a gray shirt, and on the front of it was a pair of blue pants, and on the on the back it, it was the words "Blue Pants." It was hideous. <laughs> was uh, can it I was get, can, can I guess some of the other T-shirts? I, I don't remember all of them. I just remember that one specifically. Jack Swagger's handprint. No, that was not on there. Oh, what the fuck? Man, that t-shirt, t-shirt was shit. That's a, it was, that was a, a good t-shirt. It looked like the his hand that, had died on his chest. It was a chalk outline that, of a body. <laughs> the reason... No, that t-shirt was great. The reason that everyone thinks it was shit is because Swagger, when he did it in person, never filled the hand in perfectly. He was always on the lines. I always, I've seen a couple of times where he put his hand the other way. <laughs> uh, oh, other shit t-shirts shit t-shirt well there's been a lot recently uh... I don't remember all of them I have to go back and watch I think it was what culture that, that put it out I'll have to check that out on that but yes. I think we'll draw this to a close props to what culture give us a shout out damn it they won't two of them follow me and us so you never know well, they might be one well, of our you... six listeners well, when you put uh, when you put this one on Twitter, you need to tag me. We're like, hey, we talked about you for five seconds. Yeah, what culture? <laughs> Get us on. We'll work for you. Uh, so uh, I think we'll leave this one there. Be back next week to talk about Fight of Fest and my impending holiday. Uh, so honeymoon should say. Uh, don't forget, you can follow the podcast at the underscore wrestlecast. You can follow me at Conrad Lee. Martin, where can people find you? And swoon at over you. At real Martin Jihad. Rainmaker. At Rainmaker Conga. At Johnny Foreigner. At Double Champ. At Swoon. At Average Marks. Podcast. Yeah, them two. Yeah. I'll be doing their po- I'll be doing their podcast later. So if anybody listens to this one and wants to listen to some some Americans talk about it, yeah, you know, it'll be about it'll be alright. Yeah. You would be doing it live though, I guess. It's live. Yeah, we, we we do it. Uh, they they stream the live, and then like the podcast comes out the next day. So YouTube, Twitch. Um, there's another one that Pat does that I can't. Uh, 
Oh, I can't think of it right now. It's all at Average Books. Very nice. And you can follow Stevie at Real Stevie B. B double E. Yeah, <laughs> we did it for you, Stevie. Just saying. I wouldn't. Have. Lauren, you can join back in. We mentioned him. So, uh, <laughs> right, we shall see you all later on. Bye-bye now. Bye. Adios, cabrón. I won't do it. It's just... Adios, cabrón. Bye.